Hey, this is the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us. This week, our three interns are looking back on the key moments and what they've learned from the major series we have had this year, Counterfeit Gods, All or Nothing, and Kingdom Culture. Hey, everybody. So the series that we started off this year was called Counterfeit Gods. Um, what this series did was shed light on to the things in our lives that can and have become idols. In part one, Pastor Harrison describes what exactly a counterfeit God is. A counterfeit God is anything that seeks to try and give what only God can give. Because at the end of the day, we all serve something. And I think we need to stop and ask ourselves, who do we serve? Do we serve Jesus or do we serve the world? Do we serve our own desires or do we serve the desires of the one who saved our lives? The world says, oh, do whatever you want for you, whenever you want, however you want, buy that house, buy that fancy car, sleep with that person. It'll be fun, the world says. But Jesus says, no, there's so much more when you turn your life and live for me. There's so much more freedom than all the ways that you're seeking to find freedom. There's so much more life that can be found. Because Jesus says, for I am the way, the truth, and the life. Life isn't found in sex, as Pastor Harrison goes on to talk about in parts two and three. Life isn't found in money, he says in part four. And life is not found in power, he goes on to say in part five. And so I think one thing that we all need to realize is that there is a God of the universe who loves us and who just truly desires for us to live this life of freedom. And the crazy thing is, is that that God is waiting for us with his arms wide open just so that we can choose him and live a free life. And so the clip that I chose was a clip that really exemplified the struggle that we feel, well, I feel as though I personally feel every single day of whether or not we should live for the world or whether we should live for Jesus. And so if you want to turn your eyes to the screen, we'll watch that now. But that's what freedom in Christ is. It is I am no longer my own, but I'm with Jesus. You see, autonomy says I do what I want, when I want. Freedom in Christ says I've been bought with a price, therefore my body is not my own. But this is important to understand, and this is why so many of us get confused. You can put it like this. It's because what the world calls freedom God calls slavery. What the world calls freedom, autonomy, I do what I want, I am my own, no one tells me what to do, the Bible calls that slavery. Can I give you an example? You see, little kids, like when they're younger, they dream of what they think is freedom. But what kids mostly dream about is not freedom, but autonomy. Right? That's why little kids say things like, I can't wait till when I'm older and no one's going to tell me when to go to bed and no one's going to tell me what to eat. And that's their picture of freedom. That's not freedom, it's autonomy. And the reason we know it's not freedom is because when you're an adult, it's the opposite. I can't wait to go to sleep. Right? And it's like, and if I eat bad food, I get heartburn. And so adults know this, that when you're older, you do not call a lack of sleep and eating whatever you want freedom. Many times, freedom as an, as an adult is getting eight hours of sleep and eating healthy. 
But when you have a childlike perspective, you're only seeing things not through the lens of freedom, but through the lens of autonomy. And let me explain this, because as, as an adult, you know if you don't get sleep and if you eat like crap, the next day won't be that good. And so you're no longer free because you're going to be a slave to being tired. You're, if you eat terrible all the time, like kids dream, I want to eat cookies every single day. If you eat terribly, you're no longer free because you become a slave to your body because you can't do the things that you want to do. And so this convoluted picture of freedom is just autonomy, which says, I do what I want when I want, but the Bible actually calls that slavery. It's not freedom. And I use the example of kids, but sex is the exact same thing. Because the world says ultimate sexual liberation means that no one puts any restrictions on me. I do what I want, when I want, with who I want. And that is what will lead me to ultimate pleasure. Bible says the opposite. No, 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 that will lead you to slavery. And it can start out really good, and chances are it will start out good, but over time, you make that good thing a God thing, you'll end up a slave. Does that make sense? And so if what the world calls freedom, God calls slavery is true, the inverse is true as well. What the world calls slavery, God calls freedom. What the world calls slavery, God calls freedom. What does that mean? A lot of people think about following Jesus. And they say things like, you're telling me that you follow Jesus? That he's the Lord of your life? You're telling me that you don't have sex before marriage? You're telling me that you give away 10% of your income? You don't swear? You don't get drunk? You don't lie? You don't cheat? You don't, like, that sounds like, that's a, lot, that's a lot of rules, bro. Now, Christianity is, is not about rules. Don't get it convoluted. But what I want us to understand is that all of those barriers that God gives us are not to enslave us, but actually to free us. God's vision is liberation. God's vision is freedom. And the thing that the world gets confused is they think that freedom comes from autonomy. Freedom does not come from autonomy. Freedom actually comes from subjugation, to come under something. That's what Amy read during worship, Philippians chapter 2. Right? Christ, Christ came low. He did not consider himself equal, but he came low, and then God elevated him. Freedom is found only when we come under the one in which our heart is looking for. And so what this means, and I'm preparing us for this series. I'm preparing our hearts. I know maybe it seems heavy today. I started with this today because I don't want to just come into 2022 talking about the debt that you all are in. Like that, would be, that would just be too much. But what I want us to understand is that the ways of the world, this is important, will often come in conflict with the ways of Jesus. And so I need to make sure, does my worldview come from Jesus? Specifically, does my picture of freedom come from Jesus? Or does it come from something I watched on the news? Because they're two very different things. And I just think that this series can be relevant to all of us. And the reason is because many of the idols in our life are good things. And so that means a lot of the good things in my life become idols. And because, as Paul says, there's this pull. All of us face the pull to go back. Galatians 4, he says, plainly, he says, do you wish to be enslaved all over again? Why do you want to go back? All of us have a pull in our heart. And so what we need to understand, and this is going to help us, we were created to serve. 
Okay, so the next series that we went through as a church together was our longest series yet, and it was going through the book of Galatians. And so Pastor Harrison, he took us through this book, and it was just such an amazing experience to be there. It was 11 parts long, which was literally like the longest series we've ever done. And we went through the entire book of Galatians verse by verse, which was crazy. It was amazing to be a part of. And he just really dissected this idea of God's grace being freely given and and lavished on us and, and just a gift that we receive. And it's not something that we work or we earn, but it's actually just a gift that is freely given to us. And so we really pulled out that idea over these 11 weeks in our church. And you could just really see the congregation just um, throughout those weeks. It was so cool to watch just people receiving this and, and being reminded of this. And so it was just an amazing experience. And I think it was really impactful. But honestly, one of the more impactful things was to be sitting there in the front row and to watch Pastor Harrison as he preached this series, just to see like God's grace actually affecting him while he was preaching it. There's these little moments where he would begin to tell parts of his testimony and parts of his story and he'd begin to tear up or he was reading a, a certain scripture and it, and it would hit him differently. And it was so cool to just watch and, and me, myself, I'm a bit of a crier. And so I'm sitting in the front row, just like waterworks going, but trying to get him to cry a little more. And it was just really cool moments just to see God's grace affecting him and him seeing it in his own story. But I think really like for myself, it was an amazing reminder because I think it's so easy to get in that mindset of like working for something and earning it. And I think the more we follow Jesus and and the closer we get to him, the more that this this scary kind of mindset can come in where it's like, oh, I've done something to earn this or I've actually I've worked for this. And so then we get this religious mindset. And so this whole series, Pastor Harrison was kind of bringing out that idea that these religious Jews in that time were trying to get the new Christians to fall back into this works-based religion where there's things like circumcision or, or holy days or human tradition that can kind of, they were trying to force that upon them. So they, um, they kind of took their religion as something that they were doing to earn God's grace and earn their salvation. And so he brought us through this whole idea. And so I think like actually the, the part that stuck out the most throughout the entire series was um, the one sermon called, are you a son or a slave? And so it went through this idea of like, we can attach um, our view of our heavenly fa- or our earthly father to our idea of the heavenly father. And that's actually like kind of the same as this works-based religion is a lot of us have um, that mindset in us that we have to do something to earn our own father's love. And, and maybe like you grew up with a father who only congratulated you when you were good at a sport or, or maybe you had an emotionally absent father that you had to, to work for his attention or, or work for that, um, that gift of love. And so then we attach that view of our earthly father onto our view of the heavenly father. And so Pastor Harrison really brought this idea out. And I think that our church just really had a moment during that, um, that sermon where we were just beginning to realize this, this view of God that we were all kind of believing. And, and there, it was crazy because there was just such an uh, emotional moment. I was looking around and people just in tears and people weeping and, and it was so cool to see. And so I chose a, a clip from that just to remind us and kind of bring us back to that remembrance that, that God's love is something that is given. His gift of salvation is given freely and it's not something that we have to earn. And, and especially breaking off that mindset that I think we a lot of times grow up in of, of putting our earthly father in that, place of our heavenly father. And and that actually does God a disservice when we do that. And so as we watch this clip, I just want us to remember just that God gives us that gift freely. It's not something we work for. It's not something we earn, but salvation is given because of God's mercy and his grace. And so just remember that as we go into this clip. And what I believe that God sent me here today to say to each and every one of us in this room is that there is a perfect father in heaven and he has a heart for you as his son and as his daughter. And I, I'm going to try not to cry. Um, 
I'm not going to, don't worry. I still got a story, so I might, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But I think for a lot of us, it's going to be a deconstruction process today of, of what a picture of a father was in your mind to who God is. But I want you to understand that the father in heaven, his heart is for you. And if you take one thing out of this message today, it is simply this. God loves you. God is for you. There is nothing you can do to let him down because you're never holding him up. And everything you've ever wanted from an earthly person is found in the heavenly father. And I'm just going to tell the story because maybe it's going to help some people. Because um, a lot of times we hold things and we have pictures of God that we don't even know we put there. And, you know, for me, I was driving. And I told you guys when I drive a lot of times, listen to music. That's when God speaks to me the most. Um, and I was driving. I was listening to a song. And it's interesting because Paul says it's the Holy Spirit that calls out Abba, Father. Right, the Spirit does something in you. And as I was driving, just listening to music, uh, what I did not know is that a lot of how I relate to God is based on what I do. Not even in like the rules, religious sense, but like in the, this kind of sense. Preaching, being a pastor, you know, having a church, all these things. And I was driving in my car one day and I just felt the Holy Spirit speak to my heart as a father. And he just said to me, he just said, Harrison, you could never open your mouth again and I'd still love you. You could never preach again, and I'll still love you, and I'm still, you're still my son. And I just, I started to cry, like, like weep in my car by myself. And I just want you guys to know today in this room, whatever your picture of God is, he is for you as a father. And he loves you as a father, and his heart is that no one would be a slave, but everyone would be a son. And I want to release anyone in this room that you feel like you're a slave, because it's for freedom that God has set us free. He is our father. Psalm 68. Um, Amy, can you, can you come give me some keys? Um, it says, sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises to him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in his presence. Look at this. God is the father to the fatherless. He's a defender of the widows. This is God. Come on, somebody. This is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. You feel alone, you feel like you're abandoned, you got a family here. And who's the daddy? Jesus. And he sets the prisoners free and he gives them joy. Can we just stand for a second, church? I wanna to speak to someone today. And maybe you feel like you've been a prisoner. Maybe you feel like you've been a slave. No longer, this is the moment. This is the moment we move into sonship. This is the moment we become daughters of the king. This is the moment that the father is there for the fatherless. He's a defender of the lowly. If today you're saying, Harrison, I just want to accept that Jesus. I want to have that picture. I want that father. Guess what? The language that Paul uses is present tense. Today we become sons. Today we become daughters. Today we walk in freedom. Today salvation has come today. The third and final sermon series that we went through so far this year is our Kingdom Culture Series, where Pastor Harrison took us through um, just the core of who our church is and just what we value. And so the first thing that we went through was generosity, and Pastor Harrison just brought us through what it means to just um, really just lay down our preferences at church and just... Um, 
yeah, put aside the things that we're comfortable with and maybe the things that um, we would prefer. Because I know myself, I would love six hours of spontaneous worship every Sunday morning, but I know that that's not everyone's cup of tea. So it's just really about taking the things that we would rather and just asking, okay, God, like, what actually do you want to do with this? And like, how can I actually be thoughtful of the person who it's their first time walking into church and that would actually just weird them out. And so it's really just about being generous with our time, talents, and treasures. And what that might look like is tithing, or it might look like serving, or it might look like, um, yeah, just if you're good at an instrument or you're good at um, just things with media, like it's just about serving in a place where God has gifted you in. And so um, Pastor Harrison just did a really great job of leading us into understanding what it looks like to be generous in a church setting um, and why that's a core value of who we are. And so um, the next thing that we talked about was accessibility. And I think this one just really resonated with me because I've been going to church my whole life. And so I think that sometimes I can kind of get caught up in just routine and just things looking the same every week and just feeling like um, it's very normal to me, but then it's hard to get in the head of someone who's walking in here for the first time. And I think what it means to be accessible is just meaning um, to just be well-rounded for everyone and, and not just thinking about one person, but just having specific people that I go to in my mind of like, okay, how would this person receive this message? And just every week, just being accountable to being like, how can I actually um, just change my words even to just be more understandable for more people? And um, another thing about accessibility that Pastor Harrison talked about was we actually can't value people the way that they were meant to be valued if we don't first value ourselves. And that's something that I struggle with sometimes because it's actually a lot easier to be outwardly focused than inwardly because when we focus inwardly, it's actually hard to be like, okay, God, why do you value me? Why do you think that I'm worthy? And I think that all of that wondering and just contemplating took me to 1 John 4, 19, where it says, we love because God first loved us. Um, And that verse has just really been on my heart lately because I think that it's really easy to give out of an empty cup and it's really easy to just strive and just to run on fumes. But I don't think that that's what God wants for us. I think that that verse reminds us that he's like, hey, I actually want you to come and receive before you um, try to give to other people because we will never give as well out of ourselves as we will out of an abundance of the Holy Spirit and an overflow. And when, when we're pouring out into other people, it should never be the last of us. It should always be an overflow of what God has already given. And so I think that that's a really practical way to be accessible is just making that time for Jesus in the morning and just meeting with him and being like, Lord, how can I like meet with you? And then how can I take this time and serve others with it? Because God never deposits a word into our hearts that's only for us. It's always to build up the church. It's always to build up his kingdom. And um, that brings us to the next value of excellence. And I think that this word has become maybe a little bit intimidating and a little bit daunting when um, when we have a wrong picture of it. And I think sometimes I associate excellence with perfection and that makes it really unattainable and really just impractical because none of us are capable of that. But I think what Jesus means when he talks about excellence is actually just giving our best and um, showing up fully as who we are. And I think that's really hard sometimes because showing up as who we are is vulnerable and it allows people to know us and to see us and even see the things in us that are really ugly sometimes. And I'm just reminded of when Pastor Harrison brought us to Mark 14 and he talks about this woman who um, really just bought her, brought her best to Jesus and people didn't understand and they judged her and they said, why would you do something like that? And Jesus just looks at them and just says, like, leave her alone. She, she's done a good thing. And I'm just reminded of that. And every time I hear that passage, like even as Pastor Harrison read it in the, in the moment, I was standing up on stage and I just felt myself like welling up with tears because I think sometimes I just forget to lean back and just realize that God's like, Sydney, like what you're doing is enough. And so I think that all of us can just use that reminder of like excellence doesn't look like someone else. My, my best doesn't look like Amy's best. My best doesn't look like Chase or Chantel's or Christiane's best. It actually just looks like who I am. And God never called me to be someone else. He just called me to be exactly who I am. And so I think that that 
is actually what Jesus means by excellence. And sometimes we can have a false picture of it. And so I think it was actually really beneficial to go through, um, just re-go through our values and understand why we do what we do and the purpose behind it, because I think it's actually really easy to get involved in something when we understand why we're doing it. Um, and that brings us to our last value of community, because I think that all of these things are kind of irrelevant if we're not doing it with other people. And I'm just, sometimes I'm convicted of just, I think about the Trinity and I think about how the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all need each other to work in perfect harmony. And I'm like, who am I to think that if the creator of the universe, if he needs community, how much more do I need community? And I think that it's really easy to just have this fear of getting hurt and of giving too much and then of getting let down by people. And that happens like it really, really does. But I think that that's the bittersweet thing about community is that we start to, um, we start to experience pain, but at the same time, we, God highlights the people in our lives that are truly for us. And that is such a sweet experience to be like, God, this is really hard. And it's actually really like um, challenging and really pressing to be in community, but he always takes us back to his heart for community. And is that, that's to be fully known. Um, and something that I've been realizing lately that's a hard truth is that we actually cannot ever be fully known in community if we don't let God first know us fully. Um, and so it's all about just that working with, together with people and working together with God and just being like, hey, we are actually all here for one purpose and it's to build Jesus's church and it's not for ourselves. And so um, I just think that this sermon series just really reminded me of the why behind church and the why behind just our community in, in and of itself. And I think it's really encouraging going into a new fresh season with a new building, just knowing exactly what our purpose is. And so um, I just really hope that this next clip encourages you. But the thing is this about the stewardess. The stewardess has no idea how you got into first class. They don't care if you have a suit or sweatpants, they're going to serve you and treat you as such. And so when I thought about the culture and the DNA of our church all of those years ago, I thought to myself, how sad would it be that people in a plane get better service than people in a church? Where we are coming under the name of Jesus, where we have a hope and, and a hope in a name above all names. And how could we ever not treat people anything less than first class? So that's the culture. That's the DNA of our church. When you come to this place, you're royalty. Welcome to first class. Why? Because you matter to Jesus. Come on. That's who we are. The moment you step into this place, you matter. Why? Because God thinks you matter. And if God thinks you matter, I think you matter. But I want us to understand this. Until you realize, get this, get this, until you realize how valuable you are, you'll never be able to treat people with the value they deserve. I'm going to say it again. Until you realize how valuable you are, you'll never actually be able to value other people. Like, Harrison, how do I know how valuable I am? Because I don't always feel worthy. I don't always feel worth it. I'm so thankful for the Bible because it lets me know. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God, someone say, But God, demonstrated his own love for us. Let's scratch that out. God demonstrated his own love for me. Someone shout, Me. For me in this, while I was a sinner, Christ died for me. You want to know how Jesus feels about you? You want to know how God feels about you? He died for you. Listen, you don't die for things that aren't worth it. You don't die for things that aren't valuable. You don't give it all for someone that is worthless. Guess what? You are worthy. You are worth it because the king of the universe came down in the flesh and he said, I love these people so much. God loved the world so much that he gave himself for you. 
And so if people matter to God, they matter to us. If people matter, that means I matter. And that means you matter. And so this church, Kingdom Church, you walked into this place, guess what, man? You're royalty. Welcome to first class. You never sat in a plane, it's okay, you've been to Kingdom Church. You matter here. You matter. There's a seat at the table with Jesus, with your name on it. Because Jesus welcomes the lowly. He welcomes the not good enough. He welcomes those who would rather not even be at his table. It's set for you. Thank you for listening to the message. We hope it blessed you and that you're encouraged and inspired. If you made a decision to follow Jesus or want more information about our church, head over to kingdomchurch.ca and we would love to connect with you. Be blessed as you continue your week.